to Soul Naked, your podcast all about embodied healing and sacred sensuality. I am Tanya Hirsch and this podcast is intended to guide you home to your truth and feminine power. Each episode is designed to inspire you to create a pleasure-filled life that is in alignment with your soul. Let's drop the mask and dive right in. Our infinity. Our Welcome back, my loves, to the Soul Naked podcast. I just finished an amazing, beautiful, expanding, expansive conversation with Chelsea. Chelsea is a feminine embodiment mentor, and she helps women reclaim their power, their pleasure, their sexuality, and just an amazing human being. We connected very deeply, and we shared some epic stories about energetic orgasms, about reclaiming your power through connecting and descending into your body and connecting to your womb space. We shared our stories of connecting to the divine, what it means for her. She shared her beautiful, beautiful way of seeing how to get penetrated by God, by the universe, by source, whatever you want to call it, and how you can use this channel to birth it into your business, how to use it in your relationships and divine union how you can approach your life from an open heart and allowing your soul to lead. We dove into so many really beautiful topics that I always forget at the end of the call because this is how my brain works, but you will not want to miss this conversation. There's so much wisdom, so much feminine magic in it. And Jessie has an amazing way of finding words for the things that are beyond words. So I can't wait for you to listen to this conversation and a little reminder or a little announcement if you haven't heard about it before. I'm in Tulum when you listen to this episode. I will be in Mexico again, back with my soul family, and I will be guiding a retreat in Mexico with one of my favorite shamans, Shani, the one that I was doing the ayahuasca retreat in December with that changed my life forever. And the retreat is called Embodied Womb Wisdom, which means we dive into all the beautiful feminine magic things that you can experience in person with us. We will do yoni steaming. We will do a yoni egg initiation, breast massage that can really be a life-changing experience to experience the sacredness of our sensuality in a space amongst women. We will have a plant medicine journey. We will have temascal, cacao. We will paint our yonis. We will have a naked photo shoot, a flower ceremony. So Imagine the most feminine epic retreat. We created that for you. And it's one week close to Tulum, end of March, beginning of April. If you want more information, send me a message. I would love to have you. It's going to be really life-changing in the way you're connected to your womb, to your yoni, to your power, how you live your life, how you walk through life. And we will have all the beautiful embodiment practices. So I can't wait to receive your message and now without further ado let's welcome chelsea idea to the podcast welcome to the so naked podcast chelsea i'm so excited to dive deep with you today thank you so much for having me tanya first question i ask all of my interview guests and i'm excited what your answer will be is what does so naked mean to you the first thing that comes up from mm, you just like this image what i'm seeing is like this naked body in the dirt just like full connection to earth primordial love like beingness no 
masks, no clothes, no performance, just like the essence of what it means to be human. And Mm. oh my goodness. Yeah. And like the potency of revealing the soul through the body instead of having kind of this shell. And I really feel like, wow, just like the, the events of my life leading up to this podcast interview, I experienced getting sick with COVID. It was like, I felt a separation between my soul and my body. And I felt very much cloaked, like my soul didn't feel naked. And so it's interesting to have that contrast now and to be able to feel like, oh, soul naked just feels like this pure emanation of who the individual is as a human and as an energy and as an essence that allows life to meet it and co-create with it and enter just like a really beautiful, true, authentic, loving connection. Oh, yeah. What a beautiful answer. (laughs) So much. And I feel I had a similar experience. I did Bufo recently. And I don't know if you've ever done that. It's like going back to source and you feel so Mm -hmm. connected to the divine and then slowly coming back into the humanness. I had weeks where I didn't even feel doubts or any human experience that we would call like negative. I was really in my goddess self, I would say. And Mm -hmm. now the humanness sneaks back in and it's so interesting to see both, like to see, ah, interesting. This is interesting that we still have (laughs) these thoughts because when we have the connection to the divine, we can see both and we can bring them into harmony to feel the feelings that are necessary and to be with whatever comes up, but to allow the soul to lead the way and not the conditioning, Mm. not the trauma, not the pattern that sneak back in, but to really allow the light to lead the way and the heart and the soul and not the layers yeah. around it sometimes they just sneak back in it's a lifelong journey it's never ending so so it makes Thank it you. interesting <laughs> <laughs> exactly so for those who are listening and they don't know you what is your biggest passion in life how do you make this world a better place through your magic mm, I love the way that you worded that question it's always like you know that the question of so what is it that you do or <laughs> tell us who you are and it's like ah. Uh, No, I would say I'm much more clear on that now, but just how do I impact the world and how do I serve and how do I share my magic? I love that perspective. So I've been a feminine embodiment coach solely devoted to that for the last two years. And I've supported women and mentoring them and coming back into the spiritual and sexual intersection within their bodies. And so that's come through several courses on pleasure, on sexuality, on shame, on the menstrual cycle and even coming into union with our inner masculine. So coming into the principles of surrender and God. And so I feel what I do and what I offer into the world is this bridge between the sexual and the spiritual and creating this environment that nurtures erotic innocence and more of a curiosity of the feminine body and feminine expression versus judgment or shame or extraction, you know, and just It's been such a beautiful path to walk for myself and has been so revealing and so uh, liberating. Like it's what made my soul naked. (laughs) And to be able to share that with other women, hundreds of women at this point through my courses or groups or one-on-one mentorship, just to see what that activates for them outside of just like, oh, being able to feel my body and experience pleasure and sensations that they haven't felt before, but just like who it allows them to be in the world. There is a new sense of grounded confidence, of connection to God, because oftentimes as women, when we're shamed from our own bodies, 
everything from our menstrual cycle to sex and pleasure and orgasm. Like there isn't this feeling of I belong here. There's a feeling of shame that disconnects us from God. And so my medicine, I feel, on this planet is to support women in humanity and coming back into the innocence of the body and really seeing how that impacts and benefits the world around us. It just makes the world a better place when women are accepting, loving, connected to our bodies. Mm. So, yeah. What a powerful, beautiful mission. That's I just had full body chills on my arms and I'm curious to dive deeper because our sensuality is sacred. Like there's no doubt if you once connect to the sacredness of it, you connect back to your power, your life realigns, everything makes sense. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering, how was your story? When did you rediscover that your sexuality, your sensuality is sacred? And when did you reclaim that? Was there a moment or was it a journey? How, how did you remember the truth of your body? Yeah, there have been many points, but the journey really began in 2018 when I was exposed to Tantra and the teachings of Tantra. And I was like, just blown away by hearing from some lineage that sex was sacred and was a portal to God. And I was just like, what? That's crazy. <laughs> I've never heard that before. I grew up, you know, backtracking. I grew up in a very religious household, which I'm so grateful for because I've always had this hunger and connection to my version of God, which didn't, for me, always come through church or religion. However, I do have that background from a young age. My grandfather was a pastor and he raised me uh, alongside my grandmother and my mom. And so I grew up in the church and I grew up really steeped in the doctrine of religion. And something about it just didn't feel true for me, but I never lost my connection to God. So the belief that sex was wrong or was a sin, you know, was ingrained in me from a young age, but there was something in me that just didn't believe it or trust it. And so I rebelled in a lot of ways and, you know, tried to find my own sexuality and expression and which came through just like being able to dress seductively. And like, you know, I was just always curious about bodies and how we connect as human beings. And For whatever reason, I didn't experience internal shame around it. I didn't feel ashamed for wanting to explore sexually or, you know, ex like explore my own body. I was very curious about it, but I didn't talk about it to anyone. And it was just kind of my own private experience that felt true for me. And so all of that laid a foundation of this woman who was curious about sex, who was curious about her own body, but didn't have a public space to be curious about it. And because I had such a strong spiritual connection to my version of God and the universe and spirit and source and all the words I've used along the way, I had to really repair and trust that if I were to explore this avenue, I would still be loved and would still be connected to God in that way. So when Tantra was exposed to me in 2018, I was just like, so I felt seen, like there was this part of my soul that knew all the teachings instantly as soon as I heard the word and I heard Shiva and Shakti and I was like, oh yeah. And like, there was this kind of like restoration of everything and this permissioning. And it would take another year for me to fully embrace that curiosity and follow it. But the following year in 2019, I actually got to have a really powerful and beautiful experience of going back to my homeland. So I'm half Indonesian. So I went back to Bali 
in 2019 to my motherland. And that is where my maternal line is from. So I went back there and I did a two-month training with a school called Embodied Flow. That was a psychosomatic school of yoga. And if you're familiar with it or you're not familiar with it, definitely look into it. Highly recommend Tara Jadel and all the teachings that are in Embodied Flow. But the primary spiritual aspect that sort of permeates all the teachings of Embodied Flow is Tantra. And the tantric lineage. So in 2019, I not only got to learn all of that in a beautiful sacred environment, that's the yoga barn in Ubud. You've ever been there. It's Have you been there before? Yeah. Ah, it's just like, I want to be there forever. <laughs> so, yeah. And you know, there's deities everywhere because Bali in general, not necessarily Indonesia as a whole, it's composed of thousands of islands, but Bali is a very devotional, spiritual place where the connection to the divine is the primary focus for everyone on the island, like the natives, right? Like you'll, if you've been there, you've seen put them putting out offerings like every few hours and, you know, laying out offerings at different deities and they're just everywhere, right? Like the connection to their version of the divine is steeped into the culture and it just is that way. So to go through this training on an island where there was this devotion to God in its own way, it was just such an awakening and nurturing environment for my curiosity to fully explode. And I met the goddess for the first time. And I will just never forget what that was like. I, you know, in, in the studio that we were in, it was called the Lotus Room. And we were in there for 28 days. I can't remember the total number of hours, but it was supposed to be a 200 hour training, but we were there for more than that. Every single day we were there for more than 12 hours. So it was just this intense 28 day, just immersion. And in that room, it's all glass. And the goddess Tara sits on the left-hand side above a pond. And then we had a, a beautiful deity of dancing Shiva, which I actually have right here. The dancing Shiva, if you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this podcast, it's the it's the deity that is standing within a ring of fire. So I was surrounded by this really beautiful Shiva, like masculine deity that to me showed me what it's like to be like dancing in the world. And also the goddess Tara, who's this goddess of love and compassion and just like full understanding and just her eyes and the way she was sitting. It was almost like I felt so loved by God in that environment to explore the curiosity that was naturally calling me inside of my body. And so the more I learned about the teachings of the masculine and the feminine and the goddess and God and, you know, all these teachings and started to feel my body open, the more pleasure I started to feel. And I had this moment three weeks into the training where I went into the Lotus Room on a weekend and I was there to practice my final offering, like the, the final of the class. And I put on a song and I just felt the goddess penetrate me. And I just started, it makes me want to cry just thinking about it. But like, I just started moving my body in a way that I never had. And I felt so much joy and so much like ecstatic bliss and, and so much truth, you know, and this like, wow, this is who I am. And this is who we are, you know, like I'm just one little piece of this extended whole, but this is the truth. And oh, it just like gives me chills and <laughs> gets me so excited just like <laughs> to think about it again and to feel it and, and to be back there, you know, like kind of pulls me back there. But it was this moment of just sheer liberation. 
and oh my gosh, like I'm free. This feeling of like, wow, I'm free and I'm deeply connected and loved by all of life. Mm. And that moment, you know, I felt my womb activate and I felt my yoni activate and I felt just this like buzzing that I had never felt before in my sacral chakra and in my root. And I remember it scared me. I was afraid. I was like, this is big. What am I supposed to do with this? <laughs> you know, and and if you've had your kundalini awakening, that's that's essentially what was happening for me, but I didn't know what that really was. Like I didn't know what the embodied sense was. It's such a big sensation that arises in the body that just like undulates at the base of the spine and creates this stirring. And literally like I was wet for days and weeks and months after that. Like just like my body's response to activation and aliveness and turn on was incredible. And so I I had that initial like spark of God there and at the end of 2019. And when I returned home, you know, talking about having your Bufo experience and having that like just ah deep connection and then the emotions kind of come in and you just have to like decipher what is the soul and and what is the human and be like, it's okay. We've got this. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a lot of that, you know, I had a lot of that coming back home. And it was rough for the first couple of months to just accept and embrace that this was who I was. And I was healing my feminine lineage, you know, at that time being in Bali. I also spent time, I won't get too far into this, but I also spent time with my mom and my grandma who flew out to Indonesia while I was there so we could spend time together. And it was just this like powerful experience of healing the entire feminine maternal lineage. And I felt this sense of responsibility, like, no, you have to hold this, Chelsea. Like, you cannot be afraid of it because they will be afraid of it. But if you hold it, they might meet you. And, you know, over the years, that's actually what's happened. My, my family's very religious and they follow me on Instagram. Like, they know everything that I do and they hold no judgment, just love towards me because I've had to hold that. So coming home, you know, in the initial beginning stages of it, it was really hard to hold this power that I had begun to embody. And, you know, I started to walk differently and like just everything felt different in my body and my desires were different. And that beginning spark, I, I just had to keep nurturing it. And I sought out other women who were on the path and who were connected to their sexuality and started you know, diving into more books. Like I think Pussy by Regina Thomas Howard was my first ever like, whoa, like, oh, that's edgy book about <laughs> what it means to be a woman. And I read that as soon as I got back from Bali and just started fully embracing my sexuality in a new way. And I found this, like the erotic innocence that I was talking about in the beginning, like that returned into my body. And when I hear erotic innocence or when I and I feel into what that means for me. It's just this purity of our turn on, like our turn on and our eros and our desire is pure. It's leading the way to what makes us feel the most alive. And I had turned myself away from that for a very long time because I felt still a, a level of like, you know, I say I don't didn't experience shame, but I think I did. I had some shame around my deep curiosity around sexuality. So it was like the erotic innocence permission, like the permissioning was so fucking profound and it allowed me to pursue the life that I actually deeply wanted to create. So that was the spark that pretty much set everything in motion. And so in 2019, 2020, we're really dedicated to like me 
like anchoring that in. Mm, wow. I had many times I had full body chills when you shared the story and it brought me right back into my, I always experience these states, sometimes not in medicine, but most of the time on medicine, on my St. Petra ceremony, I had this mm. moment, was this one moment where it just landed so deep in my body, this remembrance of our, of the sacredness of our sensuality, because I experienced a lot of shame from women and from just mm. me being in my body. I got slut shamed before I even had sex. A woman even hit me in my face when I was a teenager. I learned from a very young age that it's not okay mm. to shine my light and to be sensuous. So I dimmed that for most of my life. I even Mm -hmm. didn't allow myself to have pleasure and to have sex because I was afraid to be slut shamed. So sometimes I had periods where I didn't have any interaction with men mm -hmm. because I, this, this judgment fear was so big. And I thought there's something shameful about being sensual and being so sexual I was always open for that, but I hold it back because of my experiences. Mm -hmm. And then I was sitting with two sisters in the San Pedro ceremony and the shaman served oranges, slices of oranges. Mm -hmm. We were eating the oranges and the man disappeared from the group. And when I opened the orange and the juice hit my lip, this was the moment like I looked at this at my sisters and they were all like having so much pleasure eating the fruits. And it was such a sacred moment. We were all giggling and feeling pleasure and mourning. And then I was like, this is how it's supposed to be. I hold the orange and I said, this is how it's supposed yeah. to be. They were like, yeah, that's, that's how it's supposed to be. And it just landed so deeply. Mm especially amongst women it's so pure and I I mean I just came back from Costa Rica where we had pleasure ceremonies in circle and it's so mm. divine and so beautiful to witness pleasure mm. amongst women because we remember even from past lives this is so sacred and there's nothing shameful and it continued after this even I turned into different goddesses like the experience you described it felt similar I I was dancing differently. I was looking at the ocean and my body moved in a way it's never danced before. It felt like an Egyptian goddess. And as women, we could communicate beyond words, like we could mm. telepathically communicate. And one of the sisters put a yellow thick flower crown above my head. Mm. And I was like, I looked at her, I didn't say it, but we communicated and she just knew that I was a goddess at this moment. And it felt like I'm turning into this golden goddess dancing, looking at the ocean. And then it turned into a loop of energetic orgasms from every sense, like from watching mm -hmm. the sunset, from playing the sound ball, from eating a watermelon. And I dropped on my knees and I, I never experienced something like that before. It just, just kept on going. And this experience so profound for me that since then, I don't feel any shame about being in my body. And I see when it triggers someone that it's not mine to carry, that it's nothing about me that I can give it back. And I want every woman that listens to this to to really feel into your life where are you holding your sensuality back because of shame is mostly subconscious we're not aware aware that we we carry shame but if we dive deeper we we can feel that there's so many layers that hold us back to truly express to truly be in our bodies to enjoy it to make sounds and to dance whenever we feel like it it doesn't even have to be just pleasure in the bedroom but I'm so passionate about this this topic of sacred sensuality because it changes everything. Yeah. Oh, that's so that's just so juicy. I mean, you know, hearing about your experience with the orange and like the juice hitting your lips and that being that spark of, oh wow, this is really it. And you know, the the series of energetic orgasms, it's like that experience, I can relate to that too. At the end of 2020 is when I had my like 
aliveness really hit. I was up in the mountains and I had this moment of just like awakening and I was laying on a rock and all of a sudden like my body started pulsing and I was with a friend and I was like, I think I'm having an orgasm. <laughs> she was like, what? And I was like, I don't know. I think I'm going to go for a walk. And I just like could feel life penetrate me. And I was like, whoa. And I was in this state for seven days and wow. it was the most profound experience. And the honeybees were actually the first like totem animal to visit me. And I had this experience where I was just hearing buzzing and seeing everything as if it was like dripping in honey and everything felt so sensual and orgasmic. And it was like, whoa, like this is the life that I've been so blind to. This is insane. Like, this is so cool. I want everyone to see this. Can I like make goggles for this and give this to everyone? Because it's just so epic. And yeah, it's like, it was so pure. Like I was sitting on a rock and all of a sudden this happened and, you know, like you're eating an orange and all of a sudden it happens and yeah. And then you're suddenly like devoted to life in this beautiful way that makes you want to dance and like offer, you know, like allow the body to be a vessel. And, oh, it's just so beautiful to hear your experience of that too. Cause it is, it's like the most profound and liberating experience for us as women to have. Mm. Oh my God, this whole, it, I can't believe you're the first person on this planet that has the same experience with the rock. There's, I live on Morea, a little <laughs> island in French Polynesia, and we have these fairy tales forests. Like when you walk in there, it's all magic. And there's one rock and I don't know why and I can't explain, but every time I sit on it and I'm alone and normally I don't wear underwear. So when I'm sitting there with my pareo and I close my eyes, I can literally every time get an energetic orgasm from it. It's like pure It feels so masculine, this rock. And just sitting on it, my body begins to, to vibrate and to pulsate. And it's, <laughs> you're the first person that had the same experience. And it's really like that. You see a sunset sometimes and you don't feel anything, right? It's, you, you think it's beautiful, but you can't feel it. And then when you're so tuned in and so present and your senses are activated and you're really in the moment, you can feel the sunset. Like you can cry, you can experience pleasure from the beauty. And that's the magic of this work. If we really dive deep into our sensuality and be present in the moment. And that means we need to look at what's hindering us from being present, all the stuck emotions, all the trauma that's stuck in the body that when it's released, we become a clear vessel for being more open and for being more sensual and present. And life gets so much juicier and alive. And when I look back, I'm like, Of course, it's safe to keep your heart closed and to not get hurt again. But how much aliveness and beauty we cut ourselves from by not doing this work? Like, I don't even understand it anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Okay. So I'm curious to know, what does God represent for you? What's your connection to the divine? What, how would you describe it if there's words for you? Oh, thank you for saying that last piece, because I don't know if there are words. It really is just like such a felt sense and experience. To me, my connection with God is what brings me into connection with all of life, whether that means in my relationships or like my environment, my work, having a thread of connection to God in this really beautifully devoted way makes me feel as though there is a synergy in all areas of my life. And it's like, it's like alive, it's pulsing. It's not me trying to do something and push something forward or me trying to extract an outcome. When God is in my body and God is leading my life, I, I literally feel like I'm part of a dance. Like I'm just part of it. And 
I, I will say I've always been like a highly devotional being. So for me, like having places and practices where I can go to have my moments to commune with God is the most important. So I go to satsang, which is like a, a yogic worship once a week. And I love going to kirtan, which is like a form of, of bhakti yoga, devotional yoga, where you sing and chant mantras. And I can feel the divine enter my body in these spaces because it's not goal oriented. It's not like, it's just a, a practice for me of offering my body as a vessel and emptying myself so that the divine can enter me. And so for me, God is both outside of myself and in me, but it's an, to me, it's an outside energy that penetrates me. And I see God as a masculine essence and myself as a feminine being, as a receptive vehicle. Like it's my duty and my responsibility and my birthright to open my body up to receive that penetrative force that is the masculine God. And so ever since I had that, you know, like awakening and the energetic orgasm, and I love that you said, it, you know, the, the rock feels like a very masculine energy. Like that's what it felt like for me as well. And it was almost like this something clicked for me of, you know, because before that I was using the term source, the universe, spirit, you know, just all these other words and and not using God. And after my experience of like opening up to this energetic orgasm, I was like, wow, God permeates everything. He is the penetrative force of life that desires to enter us and give us that aliveness, the pleasure, the like seed of creativity and just that feeling of letting God into my body is there are no words for it. It's a felt sense, which is why I feel, you know, it's so important for us as, as human beings, but as women specifically to learn to feel our bodies again, because without that connection, without the felt sense, it is challenging to let God into your body because there's an armor, right? There's like protective mechanisms, which is why doing you know, pleasure practices and yoni de-armoring, which if you're not familiar with that term, it's it's literally what it sounds like, like allowing yourself to enter your yoni and soften the armor that she holds, any tightness, tension, numbness. And those are important practices, not just for performance or like, because they sound fun, like they do sound fun and they are amazing, but <laughs> we do those practices, right? As a way to soften the body so that we can receive God, we can receive more of life. And so my felt experience of God is so much more profound than the words that I'm speaking right now. And I believe for everyone that is the case. So that's why coming into our sexual, sensual nature is so imperative. Mm, that is such a beautiful way of looking at it. And it resonated so deeply because it's so hard to find the words, but I think you did the perfect job mm. to describe the sensation of what it feels like to channel and to receive and to get penetrated by God. If someone listens and they're like, I've never felt that before <laughs> and they're curious to dive deeper. How, how can you get started? Yeah, that's my first question. How would you recommend to dive into this world to open your vessel for this divine energy to enter you? That is a great question. And, you know, I think there, there could be, I could offer an answer and perhaps there is one, there's one that's, that comes to mind, but I feel the place to begin is by listening. So you have an awareness, you have an innate intuitive sense of the things that speak to you and your body tells you in various ways what's needed and what, what she desires and how she wants you to love her. So the first step is listening. Like we can find all these paths and avenues and a five-step process to get into our body. But if we're not listening to what she needs, it will not work because there's no consent and there's not this beautiful 
loving, nurturing connection to your body, right? There's kind of this extractive nature of if I do this five-step process, then I'll be able to unlock this orgasmic energy, which, you know, perhaps you do reach that. But in my experience in teaching this work and in facilitating, it's the first thing that must happen is that self-permissioning and loving devotion to the practice. And if you're finding yourself here and you're listening to this podcast, you likely did have a spark of, I want to know more about this, you know, and listen to that voice, continue to follow the thread and build a relationship to your body. So the first place that I begin with, with most women is this practice of self-consent. So learning how to truly sense and feel and listen to what the body needs and desires in order to feel safe enough to open because we can't force an opening and it's okay to feel closed. That's totally okay. The objective isn't to rip our bodies open to receive more of God if we've not felt that, right? The objective is to become so soft and receptive that that happens naturally. And so to get there, we have to have that spaciousness to build consent and to truly have consent within ourselves and our bodies where she says, okay, I'm open to this practice. A breast massage sounds really lovely. I would love to do that. Or a yoni steaming sounds very beautiful. I would love to feel that. Or just, you know, a practice of watching myself dance naked in the mirror or touching my body with oil and not having it be, you know, sexually performative, but having it feel like really loving and sensual. That's the first step to allowing yourself to bring in these practices of self-pleasure and you know, opening your body to God through yoni de-armoring and things like that. Like that's step number mm. two, three, four, right? It's like, listen, build self-consent and then come into those practices. But in my experience, when a woman takes that path of first listening and then building that, that conversation with her own body, when she does come into the next step of practices, it usually does result in that opening to God. And something that we talked about, you and I talked about before we got on the podcast that's been alive for me is this recognition and this coming back home to our wombs as women, because that's the voice of our truth. And it's the seed of our intuition, our creativity. It's also the seed of Eros because it is where life is created. The spark of aliveness is created in the womb, right? And we have these things that lead to there, but it is through that, it's like the most erotic space. And so for a woman, in order for a woman to have that connection to that deeper voice that tells her, this is what I need, this is what would feel good for me, we have to have a connection to our womb space. We can't just bypass it, right? And so the foundation of that work is understanding your menstrual cycle and getting to know what's happening inside of your body every single month. Because a beautifully sacred gift, right? Like in the Bible, it talks about the menstruation or the menstrual cycle being like punishment, which I think is just so bizarre. Like mm. it was punishment for Eve for having, you know, you know, <laughs> following her desire, which that's a whole other thread. Just, you know, the way that we've been indoctrinated to believe that we are the source of the original sin. Like, I think it's beautiful that we are, that women are seen as that because Eve followed a spark of aliveness that mm. essentially created this experience of life that isn't this sheltered, like, you know, kind of just like, meh, like going through the motions way of living. But she was like, I think there's more. I think there's more. And essentially she followed that. And it's not a sin that she followed the spark of curiosity to get to know more of life. 
And so there are many twists and spins on the story itself. And I, you know, whatever you believe in, I think that's another great practice in this work is to relearn, you know, the history of feminine sexual shaming and and where that even came from, right? Because it's steeped so deeply, like you said, it's like in our subconscious minds because it's so deeply seated in the world and in, you know, the way that culture was built. And so when we come back into our womb space, there is this kind of happening of these stories and this history kind of comes back. There's like this like remembrance of, whoa, all of those years, all those centuries of repression and shaming and all of that. Like I experienced that. I went through that. My womb went through that. And when we initiate contact with the womb again and we open her up and we start to listen to what she needs, we hear the pain of the world, you know, and it is our responsibility as women to process, alchemize and transmute that. And I'm getting a little far ahead of myself here, but <laughs> this work is, is part of the process of allowing your body to feel God again, right? It is coming into contact with what's going on internally and what's keeping me from allowing God into my body the way that I am designed to do. So long answer short, all of that is to say that the origin of all feminine essence, intuition, truth happens and arises from the womb. So we have to create space to listen to her first before going into any other practices. Mm, So much wisdom in what you just said, and I love everything and it resonates so deeply because it's also been part of my journey to reconnect to my womb and the woman that come into my feet they desired it like I feel every single person wants the aliveness we want the pleasure we want you know the juicy life we want to go for our desires but the reason why most people don't walk this path is because it's connected to truth and it's connected to looking deep and realizing why we are not connected to our wombs and why we don't feel safe in our bodies to express, to be ourselves, why we live our whole lives from our mind and our conditioning and why we allow our fear to hold us back. And then we take this descending journey into the body and we create safety first, like you shared. And when we feel safe then, and I always recommend to have someone in the beginning, at least to hold you. So you feel safe to go to these places because there are stuck emotions, there are stuck memories and not only from us, but also from past life, from our ancestors. There's literally in this world right now, a woman being killed if they don't dress appropriately. And there's so much that's connected to death, even that it doesn't make us feel safe to fully express and to fully allow that that flame to be there and to fully feel it and to feel good about it. There's always, if we don't consciously look, I feel there's always this story connected of like, that the body tenses and we stay in the head. But if we really descend and we find the bravery and the courage to release it and to alchemize it, then we can move up into the second chakra. And then that's where the aliveness, the creativity comes back, where we remember why we came here, where everything makes sense suddenly, why we had to walk through different experiences. And now we can use this, that as kids, we were always connected to that, right? Before mm-hmm. our life got dimmed, we were creative. We were expressive. We didn't ask our mom at 3 a.m. if it's okay if we cry. We just cried. We were like full unexpressed. <laughs> and then we learned to be the good girl and to dim and to to compound this energy. There's so many layers around our sacred chakra. And then it can move up into our power and into our heart, into our voice that we can share it. And then 
yeah all the chakras are connected mm -hmm. to this and I love everything that you shared and mm. how do you use the connection to the divine in your relationship and business for example you have a fight with your boyfriend I don't know if you're in a relationship right now but if if you have a, a fight with your boyfriend and then it's again this battle between your soul and your your conditioning right your human mm -hmm. self with the emotions and the fear and the stories and the patterns and then there's your soul how do you find your way back into the sacred dance of what's true and yeah into your truth yeah yeah because when we're activated right there's like this ah, I don't I don't want to be in my truth and and <laughs> take the high road like no <laughs> I want you to be wrong <laughs> by all means, like feel that like that is important. I'm not currently in a relationship, but I did have one end at the end of last year. So, and it was the most beautiful, loving container that I've ever experienced. And I attribute it all to the work that I've done internally. And, you know, I attracted this into my life. And I also, we had so many lessons that we got to learn together where this exact kind of scenario was present and alive and able to be worked through. And what I'll say is, you know, when we have a deeper connection, what you said was very important, how, you know, most people are actually afraid, like they want the aliveness, but they're afraid to go to the source, which is the womb. And it, you know, the feminine spiritual awakening is a descent, right? It's not this ascent up and out of the body. It is a descent into the body, which means there will be more feeling. And that is scary for most people. So yes, I, you're so right. It's so important to have a guide or have guides or people that you can rely on to hold you while you're doing that because it is a big journey. It's a big, big journey. <laughs> and so when we have that connection though, and we are in a, a scenario that is activating the ego, you know, or like the, ugh, like I'm going to fight with my boyfriend and I want to win. When we're connected to truth, We can have that moment of like, oh, I'm so pissed at you and like feel the emotion without pushing it out and putting the responsibility on the person to fix it, right? Our responsibility is acknowledging the emotion that's present and expressing it in such a way that says, oh, this is what I'm feeling. This is what I'm feeling. Can you witness me in it? And what that does is it takes out the projection and the blame which allows for your partner to enter this, this arena with love and understanding of like, oh, wow, I see how that hurt you, you know, and you might have a situation where he does something that, you know, a past partner has done that essentially led to like a breakup or just, you know, just abandonment wound stuff, attachment wound stuff. You can have those things come up and not blame the other person for what they're doing. And when we have a connection to our truth and to our, you know, purest divine essence of the womb, we have this ability to, it's the space of alchemy and creation, right? So we have this ability to witness what's happening, to feel the emotion, to hold it, and not to just hold it in, but to express and share it with someone so we can be seen in that quote unquote darkness, right? Of like, oh, I'm so pissed. I'm really hurt because this is what's happening and this is what I'm feeling. And You know, I will say it's important to have a conscious partner in that kind of dynamic, but the response is often, you know, from the masculine, like the masculine is a sort of truth. So he's going to bring out whatever the fuck needs to be brought out in you because he is the penetrative sort of truth. And he can sense and feel when you're hiding, right? Or you're manipulating your emotions and your energy to 
get what you want, you know, the passive aggressiveness, the whatever, you know, that whatever the underdeveloped feminine, I'll call it, tends to express, like he can feel that. And so it's hard for him to meet you with love. So taking the example of like, how do you let God into your body? It's the same kind of thing. How do you allow your man to continue to enter your body and enter your heart? Well, it's important that we are honest and that we honor and acknowledge what is present and are truthful with what is. And what's really supported me in you know, my relationships and dating over the last couple of years, for one, I took a break of celibacy intentionally for two years at the end of 2019 till 2021. And I did that to reconnect to the voice of truth in my womb. And it's not necessary for everyone to have to go through that long phase of celibacy. But in order to reconnect to its original design, it is important to not allow anything else to come in and penetrate us like external people. It's important to let it just be us with our own hands, with our own tools, with our own bodies and life to feel the truth of who we are first before going into another connection and relationship. And every partner I had since that celibacy ended has been intentionally chosen, loving, respectful, you know, just like full of love. Like there has not been anything that has entered my body that's felt like I lost something in the process. And I think that's important for us as women who are on the path of reclaiming the sacred sensuality to not withhold ourselves from receiving, you know, a man because we're like, oh, he's not perfect or whatever the story is. But it's coming to a place where we can see the fullness of a man and like see like we can love every man. We can love the man beyond the man that we see. And what that does is it, it allows the heart and the body to open to him and it gives him permission to step into that role, right? And so both people are winning in that kind of scenario. And it's really beautiful to know that we as women hold that responsibility. You know, like it is our womb space that holds the responsibility to be able to provide an arena and, and a relationship and lovership that can create you know, like a nourishing, nurturing win-win situation for both partners, regardless of outcome. And so connecting it to business too, what feels true for me in the energies of the womb and sensuality and pleasure and being in the feminine body and business is taking the, again, like I think I've said this word several times, but taking the extractive nature out of the picture and instead coming into what's my truest expression and like what's being created in my body that I'm meant to share with the world. And how can I invite people into that world with me? How can I be truthful and honest and direct about what it is that I am here to share? Like what is my magic and how do I want to hold people in that? And then how do I express that from the seat of the soul? Not just, you know, like truly being soul naked, like just this is, you know, my offering and this is how I intend to support the world. Do you want to meet me here? And just like knowing, having that felt sense of knowing I can hold this, I can hold these people and they'll feel that too. So whatever your creative idea is, it's important to honor it and acknowledge it and to always approach it with reverence and remember like you are the vessel and God is working through you. So how can you share that with the world, express that with the world and you know, hold yourself in such a way that creates a stable and loving environment for that kind of business to thrive. Yes, yes to everything you just said. And I feel this is the new era of feminine leadership to really lead from the heart. And that's what it means. It means radical self-responsibility to 
take our energy back. And it's so easy. We all grew up like outsourcing. Some of us never saw what it really means to lead your life from your heart and your soul because we're all so conditioned to lead from fear and projection and conditioning and to take your energy back to you is always the key to see I'm hurt and it would be easy to blame it on you, but to take this energy back to feel what's underneath, what's actually going on and then to share vulnerably from the heart. And it's that's what I want to encourage the women that I work with and every woman in this world to share and lead from the heart, even if it feels mm. whatever feels true in the moment, if it feels true to you to cry and express what you're feeling right now, then do that without holding back. Just because mm -hmm. you're taught to hold it all together. If this is what's present for you, you can let your tears roll and really be felt and not from a place of, I need you to hold me, but like, this is hurting right now. or This is what's moving through me. That's coming from my heart. Mm -hmm. And If we lead our lives from that place, really from pure intentions, from taking responsibility and from moving with our soul and with our heart on board, not just the mind. And when we bring them into harmony, I feel this is how we can really create mm. the new earth that everyone's talking about. It's already happening. And we start with our embodiment, leading the way, showing what's possible, even if nobody around you lives like that, to show it is beautiful to be witnessed in your rawest expression and your vulnerability because everyone is longing to drop the masks, to drop the pretending, mm -hmm. the false smile, the saying it's okay because underneath we are all humans. We all have a big heart and a big soul that is craving to shed the layers around it. And if mm -hmm. someone is really an example of living that, other people are like, oh, that's possible? Mm -hmm. I want this. I could talk for hours with you. <laughs> I know. I feel like I could as well. I could stay here for a few hours and just continue to dissect. There's so much that I want to like respond to in that. But yeah. Yes, we do a second interview maybe one day. <laughs> I am so grateful for you and that the way you mm. communicate, so if you have such a beautiful way of finding the right words for things that I sometimes mm. struggle with. So thank you so much for sharing mm. your magic and your wisdom with all of us and there's one last question that I ask all of my podcast guests and I invite you to close your eyes for this one and to take a moment to drop into your body and to travel back in time if you could meet young Chelsea and sometimes an intuitive age pops up if you could tell her something that would have helped you immensely on your journey that you've learned along the way what would you tell her in that moment Stay true to yourself and follow where that light is leading you and to trust that you are always supported and loved and held. And no matter what humans are around you, God is always there to hold you. Mm, that's beautiful. And what age did you see? Age five. I actually have a photo of myself right here oh. <laughs> and I keep Shut it. Up. I keep it on my desk and I don't know. Oh, can you see that? Cute, yeah. Yeah. Like this is my like rawest, purest, most like joyful essence. And whenever I'm in this state and whenever I connect back to this age of myself, like what comes through me is so pure and so loving and so enlivening for myself and the people around me. Like this kind of joy in a child is like, is a ripple effect. Like everyone around is like, yeah, like they want to smile too, you know? And so there was a long period of time where that light just like went out and, you know, that version of me didn't realize that she could still be happy without the external environment matching what she thought that was supposed to look like, you know? And so 
I'm really grateful to have a connection with her again and an aliveness that is her essence and her energy that's expressed in the world. And I love that question because it just reminds me, you know, how much bigger this work is that we do than just us on Instagram, right? Like it's just so much bigger and doing it for my little one. I say that to myself a lot of the time, like, what am I doing this for? Why am I doing this? Like I'm doing this for my little one who just really wanted to express her truth and offer her love in a very pure and untainted way. So thank you for that question. This has been so beautiful and lovely and just such a gift to be here with you and get to talk about these things and to feel such resonance with your stories and mine. It's like, you know, just another reminder that we're all just pieces in this giant web of life and we all have so much more in common than we think. Stories that are so much more similar than we would expect. And (laughs) it just provides such a like confirmation, you know, that you're on the right path when you like interact with these kinds of sisters and bring ourselves together. So thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure. And thank you for sharing that. It landed deeply in my heart and I feel Mm. the same about you. I hope one day we meet somewhere around the world. Love that. (laughs) I also loved what you just shared about the joy. I feel all of the healing work, all of the deep muddy work, everything we do is actually just coming back to our natural state of where this aliveness, this joy was, it's the most powerful vibration we can bring into this world. You can share serious, but if you bring joy into your work, into your life, this is what changes the world. And Mm. it's also something that kept me going, not only my inner child, but also knowing that I'm doing it for my daughter one day. Mm. She kept me going a lot in the darkest moments. I'm like, it's not just for me. I'm doing this for her and all the people around me. <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, so important to stay rooted in that. I fully agree. How can people connect with your magic in the world? Instagram is the best place to find me. I also have a website and I have an online school called School for Embodied Women. By the time this podcast episode comes out, I'll be in the works of a course called Embodying Eros. And so That's going to be a self-study course after it's taught beginning in February. And that's the best place to begin. I've compiled two years of teachings into a four-week course to really awaken and activate these teachings. And so best place to find me is Instagram so you can hear what's up in my world and what offerings are coming out. And also you can subscribe to my newsletter to stay connected to the School for Embodied Women and any courses that we have coming out throughout the year. Mm, beautiful we will link everything in the show notes so thank you so much for this conversation Chelsea thank you I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did my heart is really open and expanded through this conversation with her I love her soul I love her heart and make sure to connect with her to find her magic to stay connected everything is in the show notes and if you want to join the retreat end of march in mexico send me a message to experience all what we just talked about in person that can be healing and can be bring back a deep remembrance of the power that's already within you and from that you can literally create your dream life so this is not just for you connecting back to your sexuality it's for you remembering who you truly are and to approach your life from that state and not from your conditioning. And as always, if you liked this episode, please leave a review, tell us what landed, send us a message and I see you next week. Much love.